Welcome to the 53rd episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast. I am your host, Chris Blessing, and I'm joined by my part-time co-host, Brent Hershey. We have a great show on tap tonight. We will cover a couple Cleveland Guardians pitchers and a few high-A Yankees prospects, I think five in total. Uh, but first, Brent, how are you doing uh, this Monday when we record? Uh, this will be live later tonight or early tomorrow morning. Uh, it's April 24th. I'm doing pretty well, Chris. Good to good to be back and good to be chatting with you. I know we got a full uh, full program today for the people, and uh, I'm excited to get going. Uh, how how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was uh, was great. I had to work multiple days of baseball, and as people on the show know, I try to work only weeknights baseball. Uh, went Thursday, uh, dude wasn't playing that I went to go see. So I had to go again on Friday and then on Sunday uh, to get all my coverage. And my, my plan was really to do um, Thursday and Sunday. So uh, ended up being a longer weekend than I thought it would be. But it was a good weekend and great weather uh, here in Hi. Georgia this weekend. So, Very good. Uh, yes. Um, anyway, we're going to get on this pretty quickly. We've got a lot to cover today. Yeah. Uh, and first, um, uh, Brent, on Sunday, Logan Allen uh, and we're talking about the good Logan Allen that we've been talking about for like two years, um, right. not the other Logan Allen, who's good enough to be a major league pitcher, but has struggled uh, mightily throughout his uh, major league career. I don't even know if he's in the majors right now, but he'll probably be in the majors at some point this year. Uh, he is uh, that Logan Allen, who's 25 and also left handed, who was with the Guardians, I think, last year. Uh, that Logan Allen is more of a 4A player, where this Logan Allen is a top prospect as a starting pitcher. Um, he made his major league debut this uh, yesterday, Sunday, tossing yeah. six innings of one-run ball against the Marlins. As longtime listeners and Baseball HQ subscribers know, we've been big fans, either individually or together of Logan Allen since the Guardians took him in the 2020 draft. Uh, Brent even did a live look on the podcast in 2021, uh, seeing him in Somerset, right? It was in Somerset. Yeah. yeah. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, on Sunday in his six innings of work, Allen struck out eight batters, which I learned today was the most strikeouts by any Guardian starter this year. Is that right? Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Uh, uh, they, they uh, you know, we've had some struggle out of that rotation this year, but eight strikeouts is not that much. So uh, I assume that there'd at least be a, a good uh, Shane Bieber performance that got over eight strikeouts, but that was not correct. Uh, Allen was mixing and matching with four different pitches. Uh, uh, it was primarily a uh, high, heavy fastball uh, game, but you, I think fans got to see and fantasy managers got a taste of what Allen is all about on Sunday. Yeah. Brent, what did you think about his uh, major league debut? Yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, as you said, mixing up the four pitches that he had, it was, it was you know, he was pretty fastball heavy um, with the four-seamer. Um, 
and then uh, added in a splitter um, and as well as a sweeper and a cutter. But, you know, I, I just think the mixing and matching um, from what we saw on Sunday and the fact that he just kind of filled up the, filled up the strike zone uh, with them all, um, you know, is just uh, good to see, you know, being able to command uh, what he was, you know, looking, seeing, going back through the strikeouts. I mean, I think it's pretty, um, you know, pretty significant that uh, he got strikeouts with, you know, several different pitches. It wasn't just uh, blowing a fastball by everybody, you know, and that's not obviously his game. Um, you know, he, he's more of a, a low 90s, 90s guy. But just the fact that, uh, you know, he was getting swings and misses on the splitter, um, the, several sweepers uh, he got, um, you know, and so he's these eight strikeouts, which which were like, as you mentioned, a, uh, a high for Cleveland for the year, um, you know, came from those different places, I think was uh, was pretty encouraging. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh... Looking at the Stuff Plus uh, metrics from Fangraphs, our, our buddy Eno Saris, uh, mm, yeah. um, plus the Stuff Plus model, uh, the splitter and the sweeper, and even the cutter, both rated out very high. Uh, 129 for the cutter, uh, Stuff Plus uh, 123 for the splitter, and 120 for the sweeper. Um, uh, his four-seam fastball was at a 94. Uh, I didn't think he had his best fastball while he commanded it. Uh, it didn't seem like he had the same vertical um, break that he had, the riding action that he's had so far in the minor leagues this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, comparing, and yes, we're comparing AAA stuff to to major league stuff, different, you know, obviously different scenarios and stuff. But his best pitch on this day, I believe, was really kind of the splitter. Um, yeah. The splitter was kind of a equalizer. He threw it 23 times, which is uh, a higher frequency than he's thrown that pitch this year in the minor leagues. Uh, the pitch that he didn't throw that much was actually his sweeping slider. And that, that's changed since you've seen him. And I, I know even the splitter's changed, too. Uh, can you talk about, um, you know, kind of reminisce a bit? about when you saw him in 2021 and, and kind of take it to now he's added velocity and uh, essentially it's now two pitches that are, we're in his repertoire, but we're not yeah. necessarily as good as they are today. Yeah. I saw him in uh, near the end of the season. I think it was in, it was in August of 2021. Uh, and I wasn't as familiar um, with him at that point, like you said, he was drafted in, in 2020. Um, but I was, I was really surprised and it was, the uh, you know, it was the, uh, not again, it was kind of a, this, this, his command forward profile, uh, lefty, you know, compact delivery. Um, the fastball wasn't overpowering yet. He was getting swings and misses with it. You could see that, uh, double A hitters anyway, at that point were having, were having trouble with it. Um, I think you're right. I think it was, it was more kind of, uh, even in the, you know, 90 to 91, uh, 92 range. So that he has added some velocity since then, which, um, obviously, I mean, uh, given, given Sunday's, uh, performances is worth it. Um, but I also remember a, uh, you know, that, that really the changeup too, um, was more of a traditional changeup at that point. 
um, as, as I recall and what, uh, what I have, what I have here, um, that that was, you know, something he could command, something that, uh, the separation was, uh, enough that gave these double A hitters anyway, uh, problems. Um, so yeah, to see, to see now it's kind of evolved into more of a, uh, sharper breaking, uh, splitter is, uh, you know, is, is interesting to, um, you know, to think about that he's continuing to develop these new pitches. And while there was a slider in there that was, uh, you know, that was, it was pretty good, um, at that point, whatever, a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, this new, this new sweeper, um, like many of the other, you know, pitchers that are using it, uh, certainly has enhanced, enhanced his profile, uh, that way. And, and, and you know, gives him something more of a, of a mix on how his pitches break. Obviously the sweeper more horizontal, a split change, you know, more uh vertical uh breaks in that. Um and the fact again that he can still uh is able to command that fastball, I think uh really gives him a good a good foundation uh to uh you know to attack major league hitters with. Yes, uh it you know for those people I think that there was one really good uh uh, sweeping slider that uh, pitch ninja um, gift uh, or mm. gift, whatever you want to call it on yeah. Twitter. So go, go, go find that on pitch ninja. And if you're not following pitch ninja, uh, it's pretty obvious you should be because there's a lot of wicked pitches on there. Uh, but that slider was very reminiscent. The one that, that, that he had written about was very reminiscent of the sliders that, uh, he was throwing in the minor leagues this year. Um, yeah. Just looking at a little video c- complication, complication, <laughs> uh, <laughs> video array. I can never say that other word. Um, video array of uh, sliders. It, I mean, it's just devastating. And and the he was like throwing that slider in these games against against decent guys, against decent four A type hitters like Nico Goodrum and that that sort of thing. Um, I don't know why my dog's barking at people here. My dog, I think my dog thinks my wife's home. My wife is not home um, yet. So um, if you hear her, I apologize. But anyway, um, I think Logan Allen has at least earned himself a few more starts uh, with this. And um, I think that this is, uh, he's kind of considered the first pitcher to debut in this next tier of Guardians pitching prospects, which is a awesome segue to yeah. our scouting <laughs> report of a minor leaguer um, yeah. with the Guardians, a prospect as well. Um, so there's this tier. Logan Allen's a part of it. Uh, the other two prospects are Gavin Williams, who we profiled on the website last year and a little bit on here. And then uh, Tanner Bybee, um, who's a right-handed pitcher, um, they're the two big, they're the big names of this group. So Brent, I know you recently scouted, uh, by B off a of video. I think you saw two of his starts. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the guardians 2021 fifth round selection at a Cal state Fullerton? Yeah. I mean, Bybee, of course was, uh, you know, a big, big riser in the system last year. Um, when he kind of, uh, came into his own with, a. Uh, you know, with some added velocity. Um, coming from Cal State Fullerton, if, if you're familiar with that program, I mean, uh, they develop a lot of pitchers with 
a, a really good command. Um, and uh, he certainly certainly uh, fit that profile. In fact, when the Guardians got him and were able to uh, get his uh, fastball velocity up into the uh, the mid and and even even high nineties, um, you know, last year, uh, and to have him has have a really good run of success, uh, mainly in uh, Double A, uh, you know, kind of put him on the map. So I, I hadn't actually seen him pitch um, in person or on video until I looked at him uh, here in the past couple of days, and I he's had he's made three starts uh, so far in the in triple A, he's at triple A Columbus. Uh, and I took a look at his second start. Um, and then his third start, which just happened, uh, last week. Um, he's six, two, two Oh five, uh, right-handed pitcher, you know, kind of stays tall in his delivery. It's pretty simple. There's a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a head whack, uh, partway through. Um, but, but nothing, uh, I, but nothing that, uh, that has affected his command necessarily, um, because again, that's something that he's known for. Um, like I said, the delivery's compact. He goes uh, fairly straight to uh, straight to the plate. Um, I don't have the metrics, but it's but it seems like a uh, you know one of these uh, uh, hit, one of these fastballs that the Guardians uh, are seem especially good at developing. Um, you know, with the, with the low vertical approach angle, uh, the riding fastball there. Um, in this, in the first of the two starts uh, that I watched, um, he was sitting uh, easily in the mid 90s, um, even the even the high 90s, mostly 94 to 96. Um, got uh, you know, touched 99 a few times. Um, really um, got a lot of swing and miss. Uh, with that pitch on the on Triple A hitters, um, and just could command it well. Um, different quadrants of the zone, uh, able to place it uh, as well as as well as getting swings and misses. But but really, what really stood out uh, in that start anyway was just um, the array of secondary pitches that he had. Um, he uh, mostly, or the the one that he featured the most. In that start, anyway, was a um, a really uh, vertical ten or twelve to six curveball uh, in the seventy four to seventy seven range. Um, really, something that because of how it played off his fastball, really you know changed the eye levels for hitters. Um, and it was uh, and it was a pitch that uh, you know I kind of starts out of the zone a lot of times hitters would give up on it and it would break right down into the zone for a called strike. There were, uh, you know, through the six innings, there were several guys, especially the second time or so through the order that he kind of started off the at bat with that pitch. So it was Oh one, uh, to start with. Um, and, uh, you know, and you also was able to, um, you know, to get some chases on it too, again, because mm-hmm. of the movement on it. Um, also uh, featured an 83 to 84 slider that, uh, you know, had had um, a little bit more horizontal movement. Uh, it moves uh, move vertically as well, but not quite as, you know, not quite the 12 to 6 hump there. But it was but it was a very effective pitch. He used it against uh, right handers, right handers running away. 
uh, buried it down and into lefties. And again, because of the sharpness of that, had a lot of success uh, with it. Uh, also used a um, an 86 uh, cutter that got in on the hands of left-handed hitters and uh, a changeup, 84, 85 changeup that, uh, that faded away from some of the left-handed hitters uh, too. Again, I just, you know, the whole package was just really impressive in this, in this start anyway, on how he was able to kind of mix and match uh, those pitches, was able to put them where he needed to, um, got through uh, six innings, just gave up one hit, uh, you know, two walks and eight strikeouts, really just had, had hitters uh, off balance the whole night. There wasn't uh, there was uh, a few, uh, only a few balls that were really hit hard, um, and you could really, you could really see, um, you know, if if he is able, if that, uh, there's ingredients there for him to yeah. kind of be able to be successful at the major league level. Now, when I watched this, the third start, the most recent one, um, he had a rougher time for sure. Um, he he uh, only lasted four and a third. Uh, walked five guys, um, uh, still struck out, um, several, um, but gave up, uh, three runs and just was not quite as sharp. The interesting thing was, um, you know, he definitely from, from the jump, uh, on this most recent start, um, just did not have his fastball command, um, was missing, you know, arm side, uh, a lot and just was not able to, um, get the calls that he was getting otherwise. And it, you know, it, you could tell he was a little bit frustrated with some of the, uh, umpiring and such. Um, but he kind of for two innings or so just kind of kept trying to, uh, to, uh, get this fastball command to work. I think he was, you know, I think given, Given the command numbers that we see, he was probably so used to being able to uh, put that pitch where he wanted it and, and just uh, was sure that he was going to be able to do it. Um, but then around the uh, in the middle of the second inning, when he had uh, kind of walked his third guy and loaded the bases, um, the uh, pitching coach came out. Uh, you know, they had their little to do. And kind of after that, it was really interesting to see him change and go like off speed uh, more leaning more as off speed pitches um, throughout the rest of the outing. And it wasn't as, it wasn't as pristine, you know, certainly as the first one, but being able to uh, still go to that curveball and the slider, uh, you know, and the change up when he needed to, and then kind of sprinkle in the fastball at various times, um, it was it was pretty encouraging, uh, actually. Even though when you look at the overall, uh, you know, the overall box score line for this most recent start, you're like, oh wow, he you know he struggled a bunch, walked five guys or whatever. Um, but actually, seeing how he kind of uh, made that switch um, and was able to uh, get through uh, that outing. Um, because this deep arsenal that he has, um, I, it, it was, it was kind of, uh, it was, it was impressive, even yeah. though, uh, even though it was, the results were, uh, not as fancy, uh, as kind of what, uh, what we've been used to for this, 
the, for the past year or two from him. I like that. Fancy. Wasn't fancy. I like that. I like that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, just to fill in a few things here. Um, talked about uh, the different metrics last year. I, I, I've got data here in front of me. Uh, his inverted break was uh, about 17 point, 17 and a half uh, um, inches up um, on that fastball. His fastball has actually ticked up, right? Um, it, it looks like one degree, uh, one, one degree, one mile per hour. Uh, okay. Still, like one of the big things that you covered there was his uh, lapses of command. So I had Guardians coverage last year, like I have had for the last few years for uh, the minor league baseball analyst, and, and that was one of the concerns was was the fastball command would would waver from start to start. Um, hmm. So it's not surprising to hear that uh, start two of the year was a lot like start one of the year. And then start three was kind of mimic last year uh, mm -hmm. a bit. This is kind of a pattern that he's had. Um, it, it's not like for Logan Allen to be good, uh, granted left-handed pitcher, lower arm slot. Uh, he's almost got to be perfect with his flat angle approach and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Bybee has a more explosive fastball, so he doesn't have to yeah. be always flat angled. Uh, but as you saw in that second uh, start, when he's living up uh, in the zone, it's it's unhittable. Yeah. Uh, so like the, the there's there's reason to hope while also being a little bit of you know pumping the brakes on a bit uh, with the. The command issues, uh, but the the four seam fastball has a has a lot of active spin. Um, it, it, it's a high spin four seamer. His slider yeah. and his curveball are higher spin pitches as well. Um, especially the slider. The slider can uh, you know get twenty eight hundred, twenty nine hundred, uh, even three thousand uh, RPMs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it averages around twenty eight hundred. Um, so like this this is a guy with a lot of stuff. But also has um, has good control, but has that lacking uh, command, which is what you saw. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I think you know there's there was uh, you know a lot of chatter probably uh, before in between those two starts that I saw when when uh, it seemed apparent that the uh, you know the Guardians were going to call some someone up for the weekend start that, that ended up being Logan Allen. Um, you know, I think there was some, uh, some folks even just was assuming it was going to be Bybee. Um, but certainly I can understand after, after seeing that most recent outing where, um, you know, the guardians would, would kind of think, well, maybe, you know, maybe Bybee would, would benefit from, uh, some more time there in triple a, uh, kind of, um, you know, putting together uh, a longer stretch uh, there before uh, he's ready to be called up. So, uh, yeah, it, it piqued my interest, certainly, to dig into him a little bit more. And uh, I think, again, because of the depth of the arsenal and and uh, the ability he showed, he showed to kind of be flexible, uh, I think there's, um, you know, there's some definite uh, things to be excited about uh, when he does make his debut, I'm sure. Uh, which will be sometime later this year. Yes, and and especially, um, you know, it looks like Hunter Gaddis 
you know, his struggles kind of taking him out of the mix uh, for starts, yeah. you know, so, uh, and, and there's some injury concerns within that, within that um, rotation too. So there's, there's plenty of opportunity to get up there. Um, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there because anytime we talk about guardians, I'm always going to talk about Savion Curry who made the major league team and is uh, 12 innings pitched uh, into the season and still with the team. Hopefully he's not the one that's demoted. Uh, everybody knows I I, I root um, pretty hard for Curry. You're a, you're a Curry fan, yeah. I saw him a lot. I saw him a lot, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I think he's in the perfect role, this utility uh, reliever, where he can go multiple uh, multiple innings and just clean up messes. I think I think that's perfect. But anyway, um, enough about the Guardians pitchers. Uh, let's take a moment uh, to hear about. Our friend Patrick over at Baseball HQ Radio. Let's see what he has cooking uh, this week. Hey, eyes have it, listeners. Patrick Davitt here from the Baseball HQ Radio podcast. This week's pod is another great Friday full edition featuring an expert interview with Ariel Cohen from the ATC Player Projection and Valuation Systems and from Rotographs, discussing how his preseason bold predictions are doing so far the challenges of projecting performance amid a very different baseball environment and his softball season so far. He'll also talk about Twitter stuff, including why he's playing Shohei Otani only as a pitcher, why he likes Brandon Nimmo, and how he manages his weekend waivers claims. Plus, all the usual great stuff. We'll have news analysis and our Baseball HQ commentaries. That's Ariel Cohen, available now on this week's Friday Full Edition of the podcast with fantasy baseball intelligence for winners. It is Baseball HQ Radio, and I sure hope you'll join us. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, check out uh, your favorite podcaster and listen to Baseball HQ Radio uh, with new episodes that drop every Friday. Uh, lots of good stuff Patrick brings us. Uh, Chris, you got a chance to uh, check out some high A Yankees prospects uh, last week uh, when you're able to get some looks at the Hudson Valley Club. Uh, I know we have uh, a list of guys here. Probably yes. the probably the most uh, known uh, name or whatever is uh, is that of Spencer Jones, which is on this team, uh, a guy that uh, outfielder from the the first rounder in the 2022 uh, draft out of Vanderbilt. Um, so let's start with him. Um, big uh, left-handed hitter. Um, what uh, what did you see out of Logan out of uh, Spencer Jones? Excuse me. Logan Allen's like the, the opposite of everything. Left-handed pitcher who's uh, yeah, exactly. like five ten, five eleven. But uh, it works. It works. Uh, Mondays are a long day for both Brent and I. I don't know why we. Well, I know why we we uh, record on Mondays. It's because it's uh, the only day there's no minor league baseball going on. But still, uh, Spencer Jones. Uh, Got a lot of uh, this offseason, a lot of helium, I think would be a good word. Uh, we had him ranked in in our HQ 100. I think he was in the 90s. Uh, I should have probably wrote that down before we started here. Uh, I saw him as in, in some people's top 50s. I saw him in the top five in first-year player draft rankings. Uh, this guy had a tremendous amount of buzz really kind of based off of a short sample size in the Florida State League, low A, when he debuted. 
one one of the issues with small sample sizes, and you know, I I had a solo podcast a few weeks ago where I talked about uh, risks um, and different um, biases and that sort of thing. And one of the things that we can get caught up in is uh, when you have more data on something like we do with the uh, Florida State League, uh, you can analyze. Like, I'm lucky. I have some, I have a, a source data. Um, but if you're somebody like me or like Brent who doesn't have source data, um, Florida State League, you can get data from because they have Hawkeye, the automated strike zone. Um, uh, rating, um, rating thing, uh, the radar that they use for that. Um, yeah. So they've got that, and they've also got that in AAA. So like for Tanner uh, Bybee and uh, for Logan Allen when it was in AAA, you could just pull that baseball savant data if you know uh, how to get it. Um, the game IDs is the, the key there. Uh, Jones had a very good um, – Florida State League um, appearance uh, wasn't swinging and missing as much as he was in, at Vanderbilt. Uh, he was, I think, he was one of the top strikeout guys in the SEC, which is never a good thing. Um, and then also, uh, the other the other thing is nobody really cared um, uh, the people that were hyping him. And I'll say I was on the hype train too. So I mean, I'm to the blame for it too. Um, but uh, nobody was checking out the competition he was doing this against. Uh, uh, I, I had somebody send me a, a listing of pitchers. I'm not. It's it's their information. I'm not going to divulge it. But uh, the pitching that he hurt last year in the Florida State League is nobody. No, really. Um, a lot of a lot of nobody type guys. Um, I hate to call guys nobodies, but um, no known guys and. And last year, you know, we talked a little bit about trying to scout guys against better competition um, to get a sense of whether they can act this is real or not. So Spencer Jones, watching him, I, I, I got a terrible look, Brent. Um, hmm. 0 for 11, just terrible. 0 for 11. Um, one hard hit contact, um, just not really a good good look but i think it was a very telling look so i also went to the videotape he had a really hot start for the first two weeks and uh, then i compared it to this this look as well and and some of the same things i saw in my look were the same things that were being kind of um hidden a bit by a very hot start so you can imagine with all of this helium for this guy the helium was even greater after the first two weeks start. I, I'm sure you've seen that sort of thing before, Brent. Yeah, no, sure. It's, uh, I mean, you kind of, it can, it's a thing that sort of can grow on itself. And, and if you see someone else making a big deal about it, you're sure that you're missing something. Um, so, and the group think can kind of take over. Um, so yeah, I, it, it certainly has, has happened in the, in the past, and that's why uh, that's why I think uh, getting for us anyway. For you, I know for for you and I, and and uh, some other of us here at Baseball HQ, kind of getting out to the fields and seeing yeah. for ourselves, uh, you know, just gives us a, a fuller picture. Picture not to not to shoot anyone uh, down or anything like that. Just that uh, that's just a, a way I think that uh, we all can learn 
uh, more about that. Yeah. What uh, what specifically what specifically sort of uh, gave you some reservations about about just Jones? So very tall guy, six foot six, six foot seven, depending where you see it listed. Um, uh, fairly athletic dude too, and, and I think that's a lot of the excitement there. Um, it's an upright, slight open stance. Uh, hands are kind of over the plate, kind of over the um, inside corner a bit. Um, his load is very deliberate, and it, it's very kind of it's hard to explain for me. Um, and I, I, I've been sitting here trying to think of somebody that I can comp it to, and I can't. Uh, you know, there's guys that go that that will cock their hands back slowly but it's almost sometimes where his hands are still cocking back a bit we're almost already kind of extending but still moving backwards as mm. his the rest of his body's moving forwards um it's a short leg lift that he has he it, like i said it's slight open things it gets him squared up uh and his, his hands do glide back um fine it's just very slow um so far this year slash line 255 307 509 with three home runs i did not see those home runs obviously uh and four stolen bases it the swing it, it's a long path and the swing has obvious holes any any time you're dealing with a longer limbed guy and and i i know the yankee fans they've gotten uh I, they've gotten to see Aaron Judge, who is one of these longer limb guys that has actually very good plate coverage. Uh, it, that's the rarity. Um, you know, back in the day, Dwight, uh, Dave Winfield, another Yankee guy, had really great plate coverage despite longer limbs. Um, yeah. In Jones's case, he doesn't have that great coverage. And when you're extending early, as I said, he does extend early. And sometimes it's a very sweepy swing. Now, sweepy when we're talking about pitching is good, but sweeping through the zone <laughs> is not a good thing. Uh, and, and that usually shows that, like, um, your your lower half isn't really in sync with your upper half. And, yeah. and so the sweepy swing uh, especially affects pitches down. Um, he, he cuts off the outer half, I, uh, or at least in this look he did. I've seen other looks where he does have pretty good uh, east-west plate coverage. It's the north-south plate coverage that is is especially scary at this point. Um, he struggles with off-speed no matter what down. doesn't matter um, hmm. where it is. Um, I, I saw him against one possibly two quality arms one of them's a well-known guy colin McHugh, uh was yeah. um was rehabbing against the high a players pitched three innings of shutout ball yeah. um spencer jones hit a ball threw the ball fairly hard um it was a ball right on his hands uh the wiley veteran worked him over and added bat um uh, mm-hmm. and it worked him over in another at bat as well um, which was, it, it's always good to see a guy. I actually saw him in 2010 uh, pitching for the Savannah Sand Nats uh, yeah. and pitching really well when he was really kind of a nobody. He was one of my first guys, Colin McHugh, um, that I was out uh, in front of before anybody else kind of talked about him as a guy that might be a major leaguer someday. Um, yeah. So that was a, a, a big get, Barry College, which is in Rome. Uh, he's an alumni of there. You don't hear about Barry College ever with baseball. I think that they have they have one player and one uh, one uh, assistant scouting director that is uh, alumni from there. Um, 
But other than that, they're not known as a baseball school. So it's kind of funny how that works out. Anyway, um, this is not about Colin McHugh. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyway, he's very susceptible to fastballs up as well. Um, Saw a lot of swings and misses. Uh, uh, Just can't get the bat there, Uh, especially with the sweepy swing, sweepy swings. Uh, Just think of sweeping the floor. Think of how you would sweep a golf golf. You can't get up. You can't elevate. So it, it's a hard thing. Uh, watching him, it, the hit tool best case scenario for me was a three. I, I mean, I would probably hedge to a 35, 3.5, 35 on the 2080 scale. Uh, but there's a lot going on with that swing that's not wow. very likable. Um, yeah. Double plus raw power and the hard contact. Uh, he didn't necessarily get under the ball, but he got uh, he lined it. It was a line out. So I believe the center fielder or right fielder. I forget exactly who. Um, I'll have video up on Twitter and on uh, my TikTok page soon. Uh, I've been trying to figure out how exactly to cover a guy on TikTok who did not have a good game. I mean, I, I just shared a Nolvi uh, Marte from the Reds uh, prospect video of him hitting a double, and everybody loves it. Um, but I don't know how much uh, people on TikTok are going to love that. And I'm trying a new medium. Uh, Brent's like, oh, my God, why why are you talking about TikTok? Do something funny with the, the swe- kids. Yeah, do something funny with the sweepy swing. That's what I would yeah. say. Yeah, I'll have to figure out something. Uh, but the power is double plus, And he's actually like a – I would say he's like a fringe pl- – like barely maybe just – on the plus side runner uh out of the box he has a long follow-through so his home the first time the best one i got was 4.38 seconds which is not that fast from the left hand side but it's a very long follow-through as you can imagine uh especially Mm -hmm. a guy with an elongated swing and six foot seven um so yeah there's a very long follow-through but uh, in the in the field, he he gets pretty good jumps. He can cover center field. I don't think he's going to be a center fielder. Um, he had a really rough game out there on Sunday. Um, he went 0 for six at the plate. I feel so bad. Um, 0 for six at the plate. Made an error on a catch. It was it was a high sky. There was some wind. Um, I think he caught it. Got caught flat footed um, on 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 this particular play. In, in the Friday game, he also had a play at the wall um, um, where he didn't really get in good throwing position. Um, I, I am actually very concerned about the arm, and that's another reason why I don't know center field would work out. Um, I didn't really see any strong throws, and he had opportunities to make strong throws. Um, on a medium uh, left center field, I guess uh, right near the, um, the warning track, um, a guy on Friday night was able to go second to third, not the quickest runner in the world. Uh, it was a noodle throw. It was a really bad throw, but I also saw better throws, not great throws, not plus throws, um, yeah. maybe average throws at best um, um, on Sunday. Uh, he also had a ball that I think he just took a bad route to, but um, it was another drop ball, but he had to jump for it. Uh, he should have been under it. It should have been an easy play at the warning track. Uh, I don't know how much the wind played. I, I mean, there were so many, uh, um, like, it, it was a very high sky on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it was a difficult um, play. So I project a corner left field um, 
um, profile for this guy. He's going to have to fix the hit tool. The, there's there's a lot there. I'm putting him as an 8E right now on our rating scale. So um, a, above average, um, um, what is it? Um, solid regular um, at about a 10% chance, yeah. uh, which is very, very low for me. Um, this is a guy that at the end of the year, if he hasn't shown any of the uh, potential to fix this stuff, um, uh, especially his 40% K rate that has um, cropped up already, um, 22 strikeouts and 55 at-bats. Um, wow. It's just it's a big concern uh, for a guy that there were these concerns at Vanderbilt. Let's, let's just be honest. The last several hitters from Vanderbilt, um, uh, the, the Kendall kid that went to the Dodgers, J.J. Blade, uh, they yeah, haven't yeah, necessarily right. lived up to their potential. So a uh, little freaked out. But, again, this is Yankees development. And, and these are some of the same issues that Aaron Judge had, not at the, not at the same extent. Um, but, like, you're buying an athlete if you're rostering uh, Spencer Jones in fantasy right now. Yeah. I mean, the one, I mean, the one thing, too, I mean, on – on the positive side is that, you know, he, he's still really young. He's 21. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of his first full season uh, with being, you know, being drafted um, last, last year. So uh, certainly, you know, could be, could be someone that, uh, you know, is just going to, is just going to take a while to kind of tighten up some of the things um, that he needs to tighten up. But uh, I think that's a really good uh, and thorough, um, look at a, at a guy that, that has, yeah, certainly had during the off season, especially uh, had gotten some buzz. Let's move to a couple of the pitchers. You had a chance to take a look at too, from the Yankees. The first is uh, righty Zach Messinger um, from university of Virginia, I believe. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Messinger? Well, he's a 13th rounder converted relief pitcher. Um, I, I'm not going to throw some shade at Virginia right now. Um, I should probably. Um, they're not known as the greatest pitching um, developers. They have a lot of good pitchers. You'll know. You'll learn that a lot of high major um, uh, programs get these pitchers in there, and they don't necessarily move that next step forward. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's schools like Wake Forest, obviously, and Vanderbilt. Uh, on the pitching side that have pitching labs and are as advanced as you can get. Um, but I don't watching this guy pitch on Friday night. I can't believe that he was a college reliever. Uh, I, I mean, uh, six foot yeah, six, what do you mean two, by that? Yeah. six foot six, two twenty five. So he's obviously got the size it's high three quarters delivery. Um, that he uses tight. Well, in his delivery uh, gets uh, plus extension. Uh, he stays balanced throughout his um, delivery um, and repeats extremely well. So I would say he's at least an above average athlete. Uh, so for me, seeing a guy like this, most of the converted relievers are either these uber athletic guys that are very raw or um, very, um, very unathletic dudes. Um Guys that that are kind of jerky and that sort of thing. This guy's a fairly smooth pitcher, so I was very surprised that uh, when I read that he was a converted relief pitcher. Um, I yeah. think this is, uh, to be honest, this is a developmental steal. 
they um they went over slot with this guy um and it, i mean i don't under i mean i'll be honest like i think that they did a really good job um with this it's a four pitch mix uh 91 93 on a four seam fastball it plays up a bit because of the extension uh there's there's very good uh very good i i hate uh the ride up is um ride up in the zone the carry up in the zone is very good but it's not always a flat angled approach uh uh, and sometimes the fastball will bleed over um, the plate, especially when it's like at the um, at or below the um, the belt. Uh, so yeah. there is some issues there, uh, and and the run, the 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 arm side run isn't that uh, pronounced. It's limited. Uh, it, it's probably a fifty to fifty fastball right now. Maybe a future fifty five fastball. Um, he does control it really well. Um, the command's just not really up there right now. Uh, his best pitch is a 82 to 85 mile power slider. It's a two plane breaker. It's tighter break. It's not a sweeper right now, but I could see this developing into a sweeper someday down the road. This was his swing and miss pitch. A lot of whiffs on this pitch as well. It was his go-to pitch is, uh, you know, throughout the game to get get that swing and miss uh also through a 74 78 12 to 6 cutter or cutter curveball um lacking depth um it's a strike stealer at this point uh he's gonna have to um smooth that out a bit uh he has the height to really kind of add the depth to it uh, it's kind of surprising that it's not there right now um but this this shape the shape is what you would consider 12 6 so um Solid pitch, maybe at projection, but right now it's a below average offering. It looks like a below average offering if it's not um, tightened up. Um, then he also throws an 85 86 changeup. It lacks fade. It's very straight, has some deception off the fastball through the delivery. Uh, I don't know if he, ha this is kind of, I'm going to guess as a reliever, this is a newer pitch. So um, there's more chance for this pitch to, become better than like a curveball that he's probably been throwing this whole time. Um, just because it's, you know, when you don't throw a pitch, especially a field pitch for a very long time or very often, you don't, uh, you don't build good characteristics with it. Uh, yeah. Finally, the one other thing that was a little con concerning, um, it, which, which is kind of funny. I didn't really do research on him going in. Didn't know he was converted reliever, so I got very um, freaked out in the fourth inning when he started losing a tick or two on his fastball. But uh, mm. if you're a full-time reliever last year, uh, that would be kind of expected at this point. Um, yeah. If I, if I'm rating him right now, Brent, he's a 7C, an average uh, um, starting pitcher, um, back-end starting pitcher, SP4, SP5, uh, yeah. which is a pretty good hit for the – Yankees out of the 13th round. I was going to say, I mean, 13th rounder, that's the, I mean, you develop those guys into, uh, you know, rotation pieces, even at the backside. Um, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun win for sure. Uh, let's go, let's move on to the next uh, pitcher. Who's definitely a different draft slot anyway. Uh, 2022 second rounder for the Yankees, uh, Drew Thorpe. Um, out of Cal Poly uh, in California, um, what you see and what was the repertoire like for uh, for Mr. Thorpe? Uh, first off, Thorpe six four one ninety. Um, it was a, 
uh, high three quarters, almost over the top delivery at times. Um, athletic has plus extension in his uh, in the delivery built in. He was actually a two two way player at um, Cal Poly, so a lot oh, yeah. of athleticism. And the Yankees are kind of gambling on that. Um, uh, this is a pitcher that's a bit more raw than what you would normally see out of second rounder coming out of college. Uh, fastball 91, 93, uh, touching 94. Uh, has ride up, but doesn't show great end zone command um, or getting that flat angled consistently. Uh, he could reach back at any time for more velocity and showed that even as the game pressed on. Um, so that was one of the good things. He threw a lot of pitches. Um, mostly because he was around the plate and wasn't always um wasn't always hitting the spots that he wanted to hit uh, yeah. a lot of foul balls a lot of a lot of that kind of thing but overall the whole stuff kind of played like uh, a potential mid rotation starter um the slider um 81 to 84 two plane movement profile it was looser than most sliders i see from a guy uh his age coming out of college but uh, makes sense being a two-way player. Um, I would expect this to tighten up. Um, it, it, his best sliders have more of a sweepier profile, um, but sometimes his slider just spins. It, it's not a consistent pitch at this point. Right now, kind of projecting it. There, I mean, you can squint your eyes and see plus, but it's more likely an average offering um, yeah. at projection um, without a complete makeover. If we're talking about the Yankees organization, Yankees organization do re does really well with this. And Thorpe was yeah. a kid that yeah. they kind of held back last year from making his debut because they were working on things. And it's obvious, you know, looking at his, uh, you know, I did, I have Yankees coverage during the off season and I watched a lot of his video from Cal Poly um, tech and you could see the differences already. Um, the maturation that he's already gone through since coming um, to the organization. Um, he also threw a mid-80s changeup. Uh, natural arm side fader uh, with drop off the table break, uh, especially when it's in the lower quarter of the zone. Uh, and it, it's his best pitch. He had some struggle. Um, at times, he had a tendency to slow down his motion when he was really trying to get extra break on it, which he doesn't necessarily need to do. It's so natural. Uh, so when he telegraphed the pitch, uh, he hitters saw it. Um, uh, but the thing is, the good thing is, is when you, you see so many bad changeup deliveries, when you see a guy do it well 60 to 70% of the time at this point in his development, you and, and know that he has a lot of athleticism, you know that changeup is probably going – those issues are going to be – uh, swept up uh, as he matures. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he also will gr sometimes grip it too tightly, which would cause a cutting action, which is not really a good thing for a changeup to have cutting action. Uh, you know, I could see this kid someday throw in a cutter, especially from his slot. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but like, you don't want to see changeups cut. Um, and there was one or two of them that cut because he was gripping the ball so hard. Um, I, I think this is a kid that. There, there's a lot of untapped potential in Andrew Thorpe. Um, I, I, I kind of consider him an 8B prospect, a uh, um, solid uh, mid-rotation starter, SP3, SP4 range. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, that's with hoping that the slider ticks up. I think that there's a lot more velocity here. 
it, it's funny. He started out the game in the high 80s um, for the first three batters. It was like he wasn't completely warmed up yet. Um, huh. And I was like, oh, no, this is scary. But, like, I never saw 80s again the rest of the game on his fastball. Like, it was – like, I thought my radar gun was broken for a minute. And I, I thankfully heard the scout below me go, I thought he threw harder than this. And I was like, <laughs> okay, good. Um, but, yeah, he might not have been completely warmed up, uh, you know, out forgive him for that uh the other thing about the changeup, real quick is that he um will also um bury it even with with the slower um uh miles per hour and on a few of those it wasn't him slowing down his arm it was that he was mastering that grip um so like the feel is still coming to him um and it's already a good change up so like there's a very good chance that this is a plus pitch um in one or two years like that that's how quickly that this could move so uh right now we're projecting the fastball and change up being plus slider less than that yeah uh that's a that's a pretty a pretty intriguing package it sounds like and i mean you mentioned it once uh and you know i think it applies to both messinger and thorpe is just that the you know the yankees have had uh good success with uh player development on the pitching side for sure um taking guys that are you know both kind of higher well-known picks um but also some lesser guys too and kind of uh making them into something uh whether it's uh you know clark schmidt um uh jose brito cortez i mean even some of their relievers now loisaga and all that i mean they mm-hmm. uh are just they are seem to have a good uh you know a, a good player development system um and everyone's you know a lot of you know they're kind of leading the whole sweeper revolution too as far as uh as far as uh getting that pitch into uh making that pitch uh you know do what it does so uh yeah interesting stuff about messinger and thorpe i know you got two catchers here you want to um take care of too tell us a little bit about um that's antonio gomez and uh ben rice what do you have quickly on those those two yeah gomez is a 20 year old with uh, considerable height uh hype around him um uh, lots of back speed flat trajectory uh cuts off the plate struggles to get to the outer half Uh, aggressive hacker but it's double plus power and it's easy double plus power um if, if it had more launch angle he'd be hitting more home runs right now uh, hit a ball that I didn't really think had a chance to go uh, or even come close, but it, the carry on this particular one uh, nearly got it out of the ballpark. It was a uh, uh, fly out to the fence and center field straight away. Um, it's an upright open hands. Uh, his hands are at the flaps, uh, upright open stance, um, easy trigger to the hit position, uh, very short stride, but again, um, flat angled and aggressive hacker will swing at anything cuts off the plate so there's some there's some definite risk here but um uh, the one thing that he has going for him is he has a uh 80 grade throwing arm um i haven't been this impressed by a catcher's arm since christian betancourt almost 10 years ago well over 10 <laughs> years ago yeah. um saw this kid nearly pick somebody off at second base from the knees, perfect strike. Uh, uh, one of the scouts even was like, uh, um, "Put him on, put him on the mound." Like th- this is a kid that's going to have 
a chance if the hitting part does not work or the catching part doesn't work. Mm. But he has some athleticism too. So like there's a there's a like this is a guy that I think we had as an AE or something like that in this. And I probably still keep the AE on him right now. Um mm-hmm. but like this is more likely a guy that um if, if he makes it it's it's going to be that he finds more contact. Um yeah. and with his aggressive approach, I don't know if it's there. And then mm-hmm. the second guy is a very interesting one. Um, so COVID happens. The 2020 season, gone. The 2021 college season in the Ivy League, gone. No season at all. Um, ben Rice shows up. He's 12th rounder in the 2021 draft. Shows up to the um, Cape Cod League after not playing Granted, he played in the other summer league in the previous year, but mm-hmm. not playing for two years in the, against the most competitive people and mm-hmm. hit like nothing, like it, like no time had had wasted. Yankees mm-hmm. plucked him in the twelfth round of that draft. He's a left-handed hitter. Uh, right now, this is my favorite um, slash line early this year: three fifty-seven average, six oh nine on base percentage, six forty-three <laughs> slugging. Um, it's very um, short arm trigger, uppercut trajectory, athletic catcher with a spray approach. Uh, very contact oriented, won't chase. Um, yeah, this kid is old for the league, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a guy that we need to forget about. I think that this guy has a six hit, um, uh, mm. especially the way that he took pitches. The way he battled, for instance, Colin McHugh, he battled him. He battled him like a big leaguer. Uh, uh, so, you know, the power, the top end power might not be here to be an everyday, uh, um, catcher, but the average is there. I mean, uh, yeah. if Omar Nara, uh, Narez, whatever, how do you pronounce that name? Narvaez. Um, that's it. Narvaez. If Omar Narvaez can turn uh, a hit tool into, and I mean, he had no, no, um, um, no patience at the plate when he came up uh, like this kid can like this kid might be a late bloomer and might be a second division starter. So if you were to take Antonio Gomez is good and Ben Rice is good all together, you probably have a top hitting catching prospect. Um, but separately, like they make a good high A platoon and some serious upside with both of them. Antonio Gomez, AE, I would say Ben Rice. I would even throw out a 7C, 7B even. Um, I think the hit tool is that good. Um, yeah. But again, uh, it's catcher, and you just don't know. Um, also, Ivy League educated uh, at catcher is, is probably uh, a asset for pitchers and pitching staffs and coaching staffs <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, brings new, uh, you know, new meaning to the tools of ignorance, I guess. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. The one and the one thing, just looking at uh, the line on on Rice, uh, yeah, thirteen walks and just seven strikeouts in uh, these uh, whatever first uh, ten games, twenty eight, twenty eight at bats, uh, which yeah leads to that six oh nine on base percentage, which is uh, pretty wild. Um, Anyway, yeah, thanks, uh, Chris, for uh, bringing that again on uh, Spencer Jones, Zach Messinger, Drew Thorpe, and then the Antonio Gomez-Ben Rice uh, combo. 
uh i think we got about uh got about it wrapped up here um chris what's uh on tap for you this week are you heading out again i i am going to head out in theory um uh, in, theory. in theory i'm going to be covering uh reds prospects um, um and angels prospects uh, my big target this week is edgar uh cuero um mm-hmm. the catching prospect from the angels um there's a lot of like good about this guy i know he's had a really hot start so far um he's a switch hitter so that means i'll be there tomorrow night against andrew abbott who i wrote up last week at the site maybe i'll bring some yeah. some looks of andrew abbott uh to, to here because i wanted to share that uh to the subscribers first but if i see him again like i'm scheduled to tomorrow um it will be you know against cuero who's a switch hitter so yeah. and then i'm supposed I- to yeah, I'm supposed I'm to go say, back. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna say I believe that Abbott got uh, Abbott got uh, moved up to AAA today. I believe. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you work like crazy. Um, I figured he <laughs> was, so hopefully, maybe I don't go tomorrow. It has to be a left-handed pitcher. I'll have to talk to the media guy Dan in Chattanooga to see if he can give me a uh, some help there. Um, there you go. But Thursday. The forecast is horrible, ah, but Sam okay, Bachman is supposed to start for Rocket City. So I'm oh. hoping to see Bachman and Quiro then regardless. Um, yeah. But, I mean, whew, the forecast all weekend's bad, and I have parties to go to Friday and Saturday for my sister, who turned uh, 60 years old today. And um, oh, happy birthday. I also have a... Um, IndyCar race in Alabama to go to on Sunday. I've never gone to oh. an IndyCar race before. Yeah, uh, Children's of it, Alabama's. Uh, I don't know what how many miles, but it's a road course outside of Birmingham. So I'm excited huh. for that. Very uh, cool. Brent, you got anything going on? Uh, not a hundred percent sure. Um, I do see that Altoona is up at Reading this week. Um, and Aberdeen is at Wilmington. So there's a, a chance that I may head to one of those, uh, places, but, um, still to be determined. That's sort of in theory, I guess, also, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you have the time, <laughs> yeah, if the, uh, if it, if it works out, but, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what, uh, is on my docket for this week. Um, possibility. Yeah, I love using in theory because it's so much easier than saying, hey, I'm going to go see these guys, but the forecast is really bad or my workload at, uh, uh, during the day is is a lot right. worse than it is. Exactly. This this is yeah. weather related in theory. So gotcha. uh, for Very me good. and for you, it's workload um, yeah. um, in theory. So anyway, uh, thank you everyone for joining us on this week's Eyes Have a Podcast. I will be Solo hosting our next episode with BHQ Miners team writer Doug Otto joining me as guests. And we're going to discuss some of his data work on prospects. And we'll hopefully intertwine it with some of my live video, live looks um, stuff. Um, So hopefully it all comes together and looks great. Uh, Very happy. You know, last week we had Trevor. Now we'll have Doug. Um, Yep. Very good. We're so it, it, it's good, and they've been great additions on our Tuesday lineup. And um, you know, tomorrow, Trevor, or today, whenever you're listening to this, Trevor's 
has an eyes have it out. Um, go go see Doug's uh, first two articles of the year, both great. So like you know, it's been a really good um, uh, slot that that we've created this year, Brent. So it has. Uh, yep, it has. Brent and I would love to hear from y'all. You can ask us questions at the eyes have it at baseballhq.com. Reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at C underscore blessing. Brent is at Brent HQ. Uh, since I talked about the TikTok page, Chris, or I think it's Chris Blessing BHQ. It's something like that, but you'll find me. A um, <laughs> lot of good video. I've had a Marte video. I have an Andrew Abbott video. Um, I, I have uh, Marcelo Meyer, my uh, mayor uh, video. So like, so far, a lot of good videos. I'm going to kind of go into the process a bit, uh, try to take you through some things that I don't normally take people through. So um, find me on TikTok if you have TikTok. First time listening to the Eyes Have It podcast, click subscribe to get our futures episodes. Uh, please rank us and spread the word about us too. Uh, I know that you don't want people to know about us in your league, but tell them anyway. I promise. Uh, uh, we'll 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 sneak a uh, we'll sneak a if you listen to us early enough on Tuesday, then you'll already be ahead of everybody who listens to us on Tuesday afternoon. So if you've got West Coasters in your uh, and you're an East Coaster, share this podcast with them because you'll know everything three hours before they do. Um, please uh, rank us. Uh, um, I know I already said that, but um, we haven't had a ranking in a while. We've been stuck at like 15 on iTunes or on, on Apple Podcasts. And let's try to get a little more than that. Um, anyway, everyone have a great week. Brent, I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Chris.